Good evening, everybody. Episode number 39 uh, of So What's Been Happening. Uh, this is an exciting one. The day has almost come. Is this the day we've been waiting for? Uh, not totally the right the news we, we wanted uh, at this stage, but it's a start. Uh, that's all it is. The, the motor's slowly about to tick over. Um, let's hope this is the last time in Victoria. Um, all right, Berkey. How are you, mate? Good to see you on a Wednesday night. Back at you, big ass. This should be it. Now, can we just have one minute so we can talk as? Because I reckon the next 59 minutes is going to be one bloke talking. <laughs> no problem at all, mate. No problem at all. Mate, this no, is... I be no absolutely. This is, this is a really exciting one, mate. We've been looking forward to this one, no doubt. Um, yeah. uh, what is it? Uh, Eight o'clock, State of Origin night for the football fans or rugby fans. That's not for us, mate. We're music guys. Uh, we absolutely love the music. And if we had a choice right now, we would be sitting in more than likely one of three venues. Um, and I can guarantee in the next few nights, I'm going to make sure we do. So where would we be, Berkey? Where am I um, sitting right behind now? Yeah, we, we could be at the corner. You, could, you know, you could just will a couple at the big beer barn. We could go to somewhere nice and classy where uh, – a new establishment, Cherry Bar, the one with the uh, the great reputation and the great man out the front there. I, I'm, I'm a long-term Cherry fan and um, really lo looking forward to speaking to the great man, James the Hound Dog Young, this evening. Well, let's bring him on, As. Let's do it. G'day, James. Welcome. Hi, guys. How are you? Nice to be Welcome here. Welcome Thanks along, for joining us. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, I, I got a little bit confused. It's been a very busy day trying to, um, you know, spin a few plates and move gigs and inform people. So um, uh, uh, I did. <laughs> I almost forgot what day it was, but I'm glad I'm here and it's an appropriate day to talk about live music uh, in Melbourne in Australia because uh, we're uh, facing tough times, but we're not going anywhere. That's right. I see, uh, James, they, they announced... The Melbourne is, we've slipped it just a touch on the scale of uh, Melbourne's or the most livable city. Um, that won't last long, I'm telling you. We will be back at the top within no time. Yeah, I certainly hope so. I, no, I notice we're down to uh, number eight and um, it's been very frustrating due to the bad luck we've had in Melbourne and Victoria. But, uh, you know, we're not, we're not packing our bags and um, moving to Queensland. Too many Queenslanders. I think we'll uh, stay here and uh, fight it out. And, uh, you know, it's you not know, so bad to get a kick in the guts every now and then to keep you real. And uh, I certainly um, am paying attention to all the people who are um, uh, enjoying the fact that we're uh, down on the canvas. But um, I love Melbourne and uh, we'll be back. And uh, that position on the podium is, is vacant. I can see it. And uh, it's, it will be ours. Oh, yes, it will be. Berkey. Good to hear. You probably had a busy day, Shaft and Bucks, trying to get him over to Coast Carlton, no doubt. But um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you take our rejects pretty well over there at uh, at the Blues, but um, it works so well with Maldias. But, uh, James, with, just on that, you've been voted and, and that honour has been extolled on you to be the nightmare. So where where is all that at? Where do we think? Where do you think it's going to head 
of you in, in inside running of where things are going to happen? No, I mean that that um, uh, that the, yeah, the, the formal title the formal title is uh, chairman of the night in um, in uh, in the city of Melbourne in Victoria. You know, in in um, Amsterdam and London and uh, sorry, in New York it's the nightmare, and in London it's the night czar. But uh, they've they've decided I'll be the chairman of the night, which uh, looks good on the business card. My mum's very happy. But um, one thing I'm learning about politics is it's paralyzingly slow, and it involves a lot of um, meetings. So we're still waiting for the first meeting with the um, nighttime advisory uh, group. Um, uh, so, uh, but I, but I'm a quite an impatient person, so I always sort of uh, just uh, do what I think is the right thing to do, and and. Um, and have no political affiliations or don't worry too much about um, what other people think. In terms of what do I think is going to happen, well, um, I think the government's worried about um, this long weekend. They just want to get past the long weekend. And I think if we get through it pretty much incident-free, which I expect we will, then I'm really hoping that um, uh, this time next week the government announces that we'll go back to the conditions that we were operating under just before lockdown number four in Victoria, which is almost tolerable for my small to medium-sized venues. We certainly couldn't bear uh, this current set of strict regulations carrying on because 50 people for an entire venue, mandatory seating, um, masks, um, you know, it, it's its untenable. And, and um, we've made a call on this first weekend. Yeah, the 25K rule, we... I had a band weaned who were going to play at Cherry on Saturday, but most of the band members live more than 25 k's away. It's just a, it's just a nightmare. So you can't imagine the government. Uh, I, I forgive them; they, they couldn't possibly understand what's going on at the moment. But 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 bands are nervous about playing. Bands who have got gigs booked for the next month, they don't want to play because no one's booking tickets. But if they move off those dates, that leaves the stages empty. Everyone wants to move further down the the roster down that schedule and all those spots are being taken and uh, you don't know how you can sell tickets to a show without a crystal ball it's a it's a horrendous situation but but you can't lose faith you've got to um uh you know worry is a useless emotion so you've got to remain confident and uh i'm um hopeful that uh, the middle of next week uh we'll get we'll get some hope back and and you know maybe just maybe this horrible lockdown was the um, shake-up that Victoria and Australia needed to realise this virus is always going to be around. It's not going anywhere. So we've got to um, vaccinate to secure our future. In Australia, we were so content and so safe. We were all, all just sitting back doing nothing. And I think maybe uh, there's a bit of a wake-up call that, okay, well, it's not going anywhere. We better um, put in we better do things to make sure that this doesn't happen again. So maybe the short, sharp shock can actually have a silver lining. Yeah. yeah one thing I noticed, uh, James, you've been very proactive in is, is this little pick. Um, vaccinations in their finest degree. Um, what a, what a fantastic left to center uh, idea. And um, I definitely dare say that there's been a lot of those ideas uh, come across your desk um, and in the, in, the, in the last few months, but most importantly, it's executing it then. Um, and then what you did out with, with Chris Cheney was, was um, unbelievable. Uh, thank you. Well, I think the real credit goes to uh, 
the the cherry massive. So I, that that's a name I I give the the the, the um, followers of Cherry Bar, the supporters of Cherry Bar, and they really are a very supportive group. I'm sure there's many people in the Cherry Massive. Many of them live interstate. Some live internationally. Some of them probably can't get to Cherry Bar more than once a year, but but they hold the concept of Cherry Bar dear in their heart, and they and they love the concept of um, rock and roll, and they and they pay attention and they care. So when we um, announced that we want that we, thankfully we'd done this before in the lockdown, so we were ready to move pretty quickly. Um, uh, that we were going to sell and home deliver uh, cherry cocktails. Um, it was something we, it was good for me because I could give my casual staff some work. Um, it was fantastic that the Cherry Massive um, ordered the cocktails substantially and that we could make um, some income to help um, pay some uh, current debts, including, you know, artist payments for the last couple of weeks, which was really weighing heavily on my mind when we were having no income coming through the door. And... Uh, I mean, I own Yaya's, one of the owners of Yaya's, it's a very popular young person's nightclub in Smith Street, Fitzroy. And, you know, there's, uh, it's so young. My, my joke is, um, you know, what's got um, 600 legs and no pubes, it's the queue out the front of uh, Yaya's. There's, there's so many people <laughs> trying to get in. But, um, yep. you know, we, we, we sold Yaya's cocktails and, and um, you know, that, that's the most popular nightclub in, in Melbourne. And, and we... We sold um, uh, 40 of them, you know, and yeah. then we turned to the Cherry Massive um, with a bar that's only got a 250 capacity and um, we sold 1,300, 1,300 cocktails and there's two servings in a bag, so let's call it 2,600 cocktails were um, purchased and that's that's the people who happen to live within a 25K radius of, of Cherry, you know. In fact, uh, you'll be pleased to hear that I've extended that radius to 35Ks this week fantastic uh, fantastic uh, and um yeah we were, and it was a pretty simple idea to get my mate chris cheney from the living end involved he's um a wonderful guy uh he's uh <laughs> he doesn't live far away from me he's, he's got two daughters and a, and, and a lovely wife and, he, and his mum from berwick has moved in with him he was pretty happy when i said you want to come out with me on a saturday night and make a break from the lockdown in that house full of estrogen and um yeah, what a what a you know volunteered his time and uh, he's my mate. I forgot just how popular he is and how and how good he is um, with people yeah. and as a musician. Um, it was a very uh, fun, crazy, uh, unique thing to be involved with. And uh, I mentioned before having to thank the Cherry Massive. The other other thing, of course, is the Cherry staff because um, they they they've got a great can-do attitude. They really wanted to be involved. And they take pride in in their work, and um, it was a crazy cherry bar sheltered workshop with people preparing. <laughs> Believe me, it's it's not easy to prepare um, twenty six hundred cocktails um, for delivery all over Melbourne with um you know with the cherry tea towel and and um, the you know putting the drivers on the right routes and, and trying to get the, the the cocktails there in the right in the right um, time and and you know tasting every one of them. Um, <laughs> to make sure that you're delivering a good product, it was um it was quite inspirational to to to, to see that that support and and we've seen it in the past. Um, Berkey's been fantastic in the past with um the cherry um uh, pledge campaigns we've had in terms of the signage and and um uh, displays we've had. But um you know we we 
we've had, I think it was an Australian record at the time when we had, um, you know, $73,000 pledged within 24 hours. At that yeah. time, that was the that was the most successful um, GoFundMe campaign in Australian history, and that was just people who who um, loved Cherry and wanted to wanted to help Cherry. And, and I know something because I know a little bit about marketing that these people don't need to be promised the world. Um, in fact, I was almost thinking if, if we were closed down for any extended time, probably running another campaign, and this time just saying, um, uh, you know, for this amount of money, you get absolutely nothing. For this amount of this pledge, you get donuts, you get burger rings for this year, calamari. You know, it's absolutely got nothing to give you at all. And I just believe that if we did that, to everyone else in shock and surprise, the Cherry Massive would do it just out of the um, kindness of their heart. No doubt. I'd like to, if we can, guys, I'd like to take you back, James, to when all this started before you were the, uh, the man about town, the go to man for ideas and and for getting sloshed at places. So how, what's the James Young story? When did it all start for you, mate? I, I, I first met you at Triple R 100 years ago. Uh, yes. When we're all a bit younger and younger in the tooth and a bit, I was a bit more naive than you, uh, you city blokes. But how did it all start, James? Where did it all come from? Your love of music and getting the business marketing and that sort of stuff. Oh, yeah, well, um, uh, I do... Uh, Enjoying you asking these questions about my favorite, my favorite topic, myself. But um, <laughs> to go back to the start, well, um, you know, I was I was born in Sydney, moved to Melbourne when I was very young, grew up in um, in Cheltenham, went to Bowie North Primary and Bowie High School at first before moving across. My parents got separated, stayed with my dad, went to Wesley in Paran, growing up in Glen Waverley, and um, you know the the jobs were you know target Glen Waverley, uh, Glen Waverley video moves. Again, he's not awarding, but I studied um, uh, law um, uh, and a Bachelor of Arts with honours in English, and, and I was a lawyer for a while. One of the big six law firms, Cause Chambers, Westgarth. But I always had a passion for um, music. Of course, um, like everyone else, when I was 17, 18, I, I was in a band, and I can assure you that if you had a um, 18th birthday party in mm -hmm. the Mount Waverley, Glen Waverley, Stindall area in 1983-84. You were calling on Nervous Rex, R-E-X, Nervous Rex. And uh, I was the, I played every instrument I knew at the time. I was on the alto saxophone, the harmonica, lead vocals, and we were bashing out uh, plenty of Stones and Monkeys and Credence Clearwater Revival and uh, Sex Pistols and The Doors. I think the first uh, original song I wrote was called Criminal Ways, which is ironic because my version of a criminal way would have been stealing a musk stick from the uh, tuck shop. <laughs> But um, but still, um, but I realised it broke the hearts of my band members, fellow band members, that um, that I was shit and we were shit. So I broke up the band because someone offered me three hundred and fifty bucks for the alto saxophone, and I and I knew there was a three-in-one Philips stereo at the at Brashes at Chadston, and so I sold the saxophone so that I could um, get my first turntable because I always could recognise what good music was. That's why I couldn't bear myself playing it. And um, uh, and then at, at, at uh, uni, I was on 3MU, the radio station there. That led to me um, joining David, the body, Vodica, on Triple R from the age of 19. We had our fast fiction show, which I did for about a dozen years. Um, uh, yeah, I'd been a lawyer, but I, but I moved on, followed my passion in music. I did the breakfast show on Triple R with Kate Langbrook and... and um, uh, 
Chris Hatzis and um, a bunch of other fun people there for four or five years. Um, then, uh, you know, I was, what else were they doing? I had, I, well, I, then I moved from the breakfast show to being the program manager of Triple R from the age of 30 to 33. And um, I eventually left Triple R to start a, degree, start a career in advertising, which I did for about um, eight years. All this time I'm doing um, freelance journalism. I had a weekly column in the Herald Sun for eight years and um, uh, was involved with, um, um, you know, funny, I can't even remember all the things I was doing, like like uh, wrestling um, promotions, um, uh, wrestling nights and um, uh, obviously DJing at Chases Hard and Fast. And and um, and uh, anyway, it was mainly the life has been, um, has revolved around the music industry and, and doing what I love because li- life's too short not to do what you love um, for a living. And, um, and when I got involved with the advertising agency, um, that ended up doing pretty well. And um, I was a, a the executive director there, twenty five percent owner. And um, just before I turned forty, this is your thirty ninth episode. It was thirty nine when I um, sold my advertising agency, and um, for the first time in my life, came into a bit of money. And the first thing I did was um, uh, buy Cherry Bar, my favourite bar in the world, just to make sure I could always get in. And um, that ended up being a vanity, a vanity purchase that ended up being the smartest thing I ever did because I just kind of wanted it on the side, but but it sort of uh, dragged me in. And, and then I realised that um, I love booking bands. I was good at booking bands. I love the Cherry Bar and um, uh, I was good at it. So so um, uh, that's what I've pretty much been doing for the last uh, 14 years now. Um, we've got Yaya's, we've got Hotel Westwood out in Footscray and um, we've had a horrible, um, you know, 2020, but we see the light at the end of the tunnel. And, um, you know, I'm certainly not, you know, I love Melbourne. I'm not going anywhere. Uh, I've, I've had record labels. I've managed bands. Um, I just, uh, you know, so, so I suppose some people, uh, their hobbies is, I know, fishing or triathlons. It may not be um, the healthiest hobby in the world, but I am addicted to live music. And I know uh, Berkey is as well. Most of our mates, you know, 300 of them were by our side when, when we're watching bands when we're 20. You get to 40 and there's six of them. You get to 50 and there's one or two if you're lucky. I don't know why they drop off because my interest continues to grow and grow. And, and if I don't see a live band at least once or twice a week, I actually go a bit stir-crazy. It, it, it totally grounds me. It defines me. And, and um, I feel very lucky that I didn't have the talent to play in a band, but just through passion, uh, dumb passion, um, I feel like uh, I might have the privilege of being a part of the Melbourne music scene that I love so much. Well, one thing's for sure, James, you've, uh, you know, you're laying an absolute legacy of, of promotion, if nothing else. And um, you, you're incredible at identifying talent and you're incredible at giving bands opportunities to play on your stages. And, for that, mate, uh, we love being being at the Cherry, especially, and really look forward to Hotel Westwood. I know it's an exciting venue. Um, I've got it right behind me. If someone yeah, can't see it, um, we look forward to many gigs there. Um, we're desperately waiting an announcement on on a gig that's coming up there with Even, um, and I think it's probably getting harder and harder to be able to put put that show on to, to a decent well, number. I'll, I'll, give you, at the I'll give you I'll give you a scoop, Aaron. I'll give you a scoop, Berkey. 
Um, we did have to move the even gig from this Saturday. Um, we were still hoping to do it, actually, um, uh, but when they came down with the 50 people yep. uh, uh, total capacity of the entire venue rule, it, just, it meant we had to move it. Move it, And I've just confirmed with Walter today, uh, punching his way into the extremely busy Ashley Naylor um, schedule, that Saturday the 28th of August at uh, Hotel Westwood in Footscray, as the feature band of the West Set Footscray Festival, um, even will be playing at Hotel Westwood. So if you've got your tickets to the show that was supposed to be this Queen's birthday long weekend, um, uh, hold on to those because the show's not cancelled, it's not lost, it's postponed, and that's not such a bad result. You've got to hang in there for 10 weeks. I bought tickets to see uh, Rose Tattoo at the Whiskey A Go-Go in LA and, and uh, they're asking me to, to wait two years. So, so 10 weeks is not that bad. No, you're right. Um, it wasn't long ago that we used to book, you know, three, four, five months out even for the big shows. We've kind of got a little bit um, used to book getting getting weekend gigs recently in the last, uh, you know, a couple of months when we've been open in Melbourne. Um, and it was great, so great that we've got live music on most nights, um, especially at the Cherry. Yeah. Well, the Cherry Bar's... Um, uh, Suffered the most from the from the pandemic because um, our kind of um, the secret to our success was uh, international tours and international bands because uh, the international bands and and God bless them uh, their the international crews would come into Cherry all the time in particular on the weeknights uh, you know Sunday to Thursday because you know Melbourne's such a strong live music town that that they'll give the the headline shows, international shows, to Sydney on the Friday and Saturday and Brisbane on the Friday and Saturday, and we'll have to go out on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. But in Melbourne, we don't care. We'll, we'll be at, we'll go and see our, our band that we love Tuesday night, no worries, which is not the attitude in the other cities in, in Australia. But as a result, great for Cherry because very often we'd have international bands sitting around in Melbourne with days off between Sunday and Wednesday, and, and they're staying in the city and we're the only bar that's got... 24-hour license and um yeah we get the, the 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 famous musicians and we and as i said god bless them the road crew because the road crew uh i love them even more one they're always polite they pay for their own drinks and also they're back every three months because they'll be here with pink one month and they're back with um you two the next and then they're here with slipknot you know it's the same guys they're just constantly um um touring and they're, and they're such huge supporters of the of, of the venue and, and you know you you take a picture with um with uh, Metallica on Tuesday night, and that's how that's how Cherry Bar gets full on Friday and Saturday. Actually, no chance of seeing the band on Friday, Friday or Saturday at Cherry Bar. But, but the the punters see the picture of the rock stars at the, at, at the venue, and um, that brings them in. And, and unfortunately, that secret to Cherry Bar's success um, uh, has been totally uh, taken from us for this period of time. There, there are no international tours. There's no even big national tours. We're not seeing two shows a week at the Forum and all the crowd coming to Cherry afterwards. So um, we've had to reinvent ourselves a little bit in the short term. Um, and now we're trying to get people to have a cocktail um, after work, hang around for the local talent. Uh, and um, it's, it is a switch for us because in the past, a Cherry cocktail would have been a Jagerbomb or a vodka and Red Bull. Now we've had to had to actually find out the ingredients that go into a Negroni, and uh, that, that took took some time. And um, uh, but 
that reinvention is a part of um you know part of survival but um can't wait till we get the um uh, the tours back because um uh cherry bar really needs them and um and i think melbourne needs them yeah speaking of having superstars at the cherry james um no doubt uh you cut a sway through this concert um <laughs> <laughs> one of one of your all-time best outfits there, and then the, the fantastic follow-up to that, uh, not long after, was was this moment. Um, incredible! Uh, I know yeah. you talk about some superstars being through your through your venues, um, but there's no doubt, uh, probably not much bigger superstar than that at the moment. Yeah, yeah, Brian May uh, from uh, Queen, uh, lovely guy. You know, came into the bar, um, and I I found out. Subsequently, I mean, firstly, when he's at the bar, he's he wanted to use a bathroom, and of course, I always draw my breath and say, "Geez, are you a pretty gutsy man if you want to go to the cherry bathrooms?" You know, because you know he stays in seven-star luxury all over the world, and you know, you know what those bathrooms look like. And he comes back down and say, "Did you survive?" And he said, oh, "I loved it. It's so good to be back with somewhere that's real." And his his passing observation is very true about how how important. Uh, being real is and how, and how um, uh, it's a lost art, really. Mm-hmm. And um, But what I found out about Brian May was apparently he's actually, which I never saw, apparently he's got quite a short temper and he hates it when he goes to venues and a 1,000 fans pull out their mobile phones and want to take a million selfies of him. He just absolutely hates that. It, it, it triggers him and he's out of the venue straight away. Well, he came to Cherry Bar after playing, you know, his two and three-quarter-hour show, um, uh, down there at Vodafone Arena or whatever it was. And um, uh, he stayed in the Cherry uh, Cocktail Bar, the Andy Bar there, for three and three-quarter hours, just sat there quietly, and the room was just full of some Cherry staff, some Cherry regulars, and not one person touched their phone once. Not not once did anyone go and bug him in any way. And then when it was time for me to go, um, I just went over to say, you know, goodbye. Um, you don't want to be a pest. I didn't want to ask him for a picture. And... Um, he he's said to me, "I oh, excuse me, do you mind if I get a picture before you go?" And I've said, "Oh, that's okay, Brian." And he steps up and he goes, "Oh, let's go behind your bar." So we go behind the bar and get that photo that you displayed. And then he says to me, "Why don't I get a photo with all of your staff, bar staff?" So then I pull the bar staff around, and then there's a photo with Brian with all the bar staff, and everyone gets their cameras cameras out then and takes all those photos, and then um, yeah. I, I put the photo, and it was it was very difficult for me to show some humbleness and put the photo of him with the bar staff up instead of the photo with me on the Cherry Facebook, and it literally broke the internet because I had yeah. forgotten because I'm so privileged and lucky I'd forgotten just how special that moment was that Brian May, the guitarist from Queen, comes into Little Cherry Bar, stays there for the best part of four hours, and wants to get a photo with the staff. It just yeah. um, it blew my mind. The, the reminder of what a huge rock star he is, but also um, a nice insight into the fact that that he's known as this cantankerous old um, poodle head, but, but um, uh, in the right circumstances, total gentleman, and um, he was the one politely asking for the pics of us, which is a, a, not, a nice but 100% true story. Yeah. It, look, it is painful, people coming up and trying to get selfies all the time. It, it does get annoying. Um, but, as if I don't know. But, <laughs> James, I want to drag you back. <laughs> I want to drag you back. Give us, um, give us your 
a couple of your favourites that have played there, a couple of locals and a couple of internationals. Put me on the spot. Yep. Um, well, you know, one of my favourite nights at Cherry Bar um, was uh, when um, uh, David Bowie's shock death when he died of cancer at the age of 69. Oh, yeah. And and so much respect for Bowie that somehow the whole world did not know about that secret, you know, and it was a real shock um, when he passed in early January. And um, I was sitting at home uh, on the couch and, and normally on at Cherry we have uh, on Mondays it's Cherry Jam with the open mic with, um, band, you know, people playing. And, and I just said, um, stuff it, I... I've got to go into Cherry Bar. You know, I, I, I haven't DJed at my own bar in five years. I'm going to go in and, and play Bowie tonight. And I sort of mentioned that on Facebook and went into Cherry and and uh, uh, a, a huge crowd turned up feeling the same way that I did, but we have to get out of the house. We have to do something for Bowie. And um, the first funny thing was that um, we hadn't quite finished the open mic night, so... We had 200, 300 people there for Bowie and and um, there was a guy called Michael who was you know, an old-looking guy who had been playing his guitar in his bedroom just for the last couple of months and worked up his two or three songs. And I went to Michael and said, look, Michael, I know you normally get a 20-minute set, hoping that maybe you might reduce it a bit because all these people here are waiting to hear Bowie. I, I never kick off stage a booked act, so, you know, we've got to be um, uh, we've got to be respectful. Um, he said, okay, okay, I'll, I'll just do 15 minutes. So I went on stage and I announced to the crowd, look, I know you're all here for Bowie. We will be here all, you know, all night till three, but we're doing our open mic. Michael's the last person who's playing for us. Can you bear with Michael? And then, of course, the crowd starts chanting, Michael, Michael, Michael. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Up comes Michael. And then on that night, looking around the room, it was the rarest, most beautiful cherry crowd ever because, one, I've never sat here. It was fathers and daughters, mothers and daughters, um, different generations. Um, mm. you, you play um, um, Moon Age Daydream, the whole crowd would cheer, would cheer with joy. You play Sorrow and the entire room would ball its eyes out. It was just an amazing, spontaneous gathering uh, for music lovers. So that was a special night um, whose feature band was Michael. But um, uh, <laughs> always, um, I've all, always, <laughs> I always, I always like, um, um, you know, uh, Australian bands, you know, seeing bands like Fluff doing a, doing a matinee at, at, at Cherry Bars has brought me a lot of joy. Um, the, the Cherry Rock Music Festivals we've had with um, with Child playing and and um, just seeing bands at their absolute best on the tiny stage where if you want to, you can almost put your eyebrow on their fretboard. These are very yeah. exciting shows. But in terms of the internationals, I mean, we've had um, Graveyard from Sweden were amazing. The rival sons, they're on a two-year, they're on a two-year tour, supporting Black Sabbath, and they wanted to do one dirty pub show, and they came and played on an incredibly hot. I mean, you people remember two things about the old Cherry Bar in ACDC Lane: the toilet smell and the Bay Marie factor, the heat that could be kept in that room with with, with the with the, with the um, condensation running down the mirror behind the bar. And um, uh, I recently uh, re-listened to the that, that Rival Sons live show, and it's literally the best thing that band's ever done in their life. In their life, they, that 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 record will one day um, be released, and it, it'll it's just wow. quite 
um, um, amazing. And little things like, you know, having Spencer P. Jones and Chris Wilson, who are both now departed, play for over two years, over two and a half years each, residencies, just doing Friday knockoff drinks. And, you know, um, Spencer P. Jones was so internationally respected that he would sometimes turn up and he'd have Evan Dando would come and play with him or um, Gordon Gaino from the Violent Femmes would turn up with his fiddle and play with him. And I'd be sitting there um, and there might be um, 17 people um, watching Magic, just the best music in the world happening in Little Cherry Bar. These, these are the things that make me smile. Yeah. Now it's great. Well, cover month. Oh, it's the, oh, for yeah, me, sure Supersucker stands out. It was a ripper. Yeah. That's uh, that and then the Sunday, my God, that, that killed me. <laughs> <laughs> I, now, I don't, know how, I don't know how you keep on going, mate. That's, that's, do you get much sleep? Are you, are you a day man or what, what happens? Yeah, well, when I did the breakfast radio show for Triple R for five years, um, I got myself into a, a, a routine, which was, um, I pretty much go to bed at 2.30 every night. So I, used, I go to bed at 2.30 and uh, when I was doing the Triple R Breakfast Show, I was getting up at um, 5.20. So, you know, you're getting no, less than three hours sleep. But I would always come back and then sleep from 10 till 2 and grab those four hours during the day. Right. And um, even today I do, um, uh, I mean, if I'm, if I'm being polite, I don't know, you're in as a siesta, but let's face it, it's a nana nap. If you can punch out an hour between between three thirty and like five ish, um, that's magic, you know. And um, and uh, I think that hour is worth it is golden and is worth double um, some other hours. But um, uh, yeah, I, I um I am a bit of a, a late night person. I um even even during the the pandemic and when we're locked down at home, I um. I find myself um, staying up till till two thirty, and that is my curfew. By the way, um, I I have never been at my bar cherry when it's closed at five a.m. Everyone knows I've got a two thirty curfew, and either my staff um, uh, respect the cur- the curfew, sorry, or um, don't like me that much because they always tap me on the shoulder at two o'clock and say, "Shouldn't you be gone by now? It's time to go." And I do go. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, really exciting to hear some of those insights about the about the old cherry. Um, just talk to us a little bit about the new cherry, and and you you talk about ambience um, and trying to create the same venue and same mood. Um, did you go for something a little bit different with the new cherry, or you know what what's been the what's been the kind of movement through to you? And I know I've been plenty of times to both venues, and and I think that I, I love both, but they're to me they're still very different. Yeah, Aaron, it was. Um it was uh, not ideal that for kind of boring lease reasons, it, the right thing to do was to find a new venue to, to preserve the long-term future of Cherry Bar. And um, I think we got very lucky because I, I really wanted to be close to the ACDC Lane venue. I wanted to um, stay in the city. I wanted to um, be about the same size, um, have a late-night licence, and if possible, have a bit of a rock and roll history. So if you think about it, Pony, the former Pony in Little Collins Street where we ended up, is perfect. It's it's precisely 400 metres from the old cherry, which means that um, Kathy Freeman can get from the old cherry to the new cherry in 48 seconds. 
provided she catches the lights. And um, so it's nice and close. Um, it's actually got a 24-hour license seven days a week, which is better than the old Cherry. Uh, former Cherry had a 200-person capacity. New one, there we are, has a 260 capacity. Uh, the, the thing I want to get my head around really is the two levels because that makes it considerably different to be operating on two levels. And um, obviously, um, I was responsible for christening ACDC Lane, so so um, um, we'll always have a have an incredible sentimental um, attachment to ACDC Lane. But um, you know, in life, anyone who runs business knows that you'll always be confronted with hurdles. Uh, things are always going to change, and you've got to um, you got to adapt. And I'm very much hoping that um, Frankie's Pizza by the Slice in Sydney is kind of a sister bar to Cherry Bar in Sydney. They've just been given the extremely bad news that Sydney government is, New South Wales government is acquiring their venue. They've got no choice because they're turning it into a metropolitan train station and, and paying them out. And I'm hoping that that, that they will um, successfully do what we've attempted to do, which is to relocate and, and stay alive. Uh, and uh, I think, um, you know, we were just starting to find our feet. You know, look at that photo with Brian May from, from Queen. Just before we closed, we were having Orville Peck came in one night, the same night we had um, uh, The Darkness, the band were there. Um, we had uh, Tim Reese from the Rolling Stones done a soul show. Um, uh, all, it just started to feel like we'd pulled up, we'd pulled the rabbit out of the hat. We'd found the right location. We'd, um, we, the people, the, the bands were coming. Some people didn't even know the venue had changed because we, um, I mean, I'm not Frank Lloyd Wright, but I did bring across the same carpet, the same leopard print and some wood features and the same posters. So it's supposed to feel similar. And, yeah, the um, the um, famous uh, red glass bar top. So we, we, we tried to um, to make it feel the same. And now it's, it's, it's I've done enough. It's, it's time for the people of Melbourne, uh, the next generation of Cherry Bar fans, to, um, to give Cherry Bar its uh, stories. Well said, mate. That's great. It, and it really is. It's, in, it's really on people now to come back strong. Did you feel much? Did you, were you overwhelmed with the support coming back, James, or was it a bit lukewarm or people coming back to venues? Oh no! I, th I think um, uh, do, you, do you mean coming out of the pandemic, or you mean moving? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Well, um, yeah uh, I think uh, uh, I think Cherry Bar. Uh, no, I mentioned before the challenge of of us not having the after parties, which is a bit of a um, kicking the balls. But hmm. the thing is that the city's been deserted. Like it's it's yep. um, uh, there's just no walk through traffic. Anyone who comes to Cherry Bar is, um, you know, it's a destination venue. They've made a bloody effort to come in. And yeah. we were trading pretty damn well considering um, the effect of the absence of people in the city. And, you know, the, the government and the media have fed this frenzy about the city being unsafe. How many times did I have to watch the news when the Premier was saying, don't go in the city, stay at home, you know? Um, and we've got a modest size. And um, that worked in our favour. And um, you know, having the two levels is good too because um, we can just operate downstairs or upstairs. Um, but I think, uh, you know, I've, I've been 
very pleased with the with the uh, attendance that we've had. I think when we came out of the second horrendous 111 day lockdown, and again yeah. they took us out on, you know, as they do at 11:59 on the Thursday night, Friday morning. Well, Cherry opened at midnight on the Friday morning, yeah. and there was a queue out the front. So people, and believe me, they weren't just walking past. You know, there were people. They knew they knew what we were doing. They wanted to be there. They wanted to um, support the bar. And probably the most exciting thing I've seen, really, it's one of the most exciting things I've ever seen in Melbourne music. Is is when we came back, I said, okay, we've got to we've got to give people a reason to come twice. The bands are on early. The cocktails are on early. We need people to come late. We'll reintroduce the um, uh, one a.m. slot bands, the late night bands. So on Friday and Saturday you have a band coming on self-contained just for 30 or 40 minutes playing. And and I just put the feelers out to the Cherry Massive through the Cherry Facebook going, look, I'm interested to hear if any bands want to come and play. You know, I haven't seen any new live bands for over a year. And I had all these bands. What happened during the, the lockdown was many of many Melbourne bands broke up. Many Melbourne bands had the thinking time and they said, you know what? It was never paying the bills anyway. It was going nowhere. I've had some thinking time. I've grown up a bit, becoming a bit more adulty, and that's it. The band just bands just fell apart. It happened to lots and lots and lots of bands. Yeah. But on the flip side of that coin, we had a whole bunch of young people, and, yeah. and I'm referring to these people as quarantines. So they're teenagers who, uh, during this period of the pandemic, formed bands and got excited about music. So here I am. Um, Listening to bands saying, "Oh, this sounds all right. I'll give I'll give these guys a go." Ivy Streep, um, Persecution Blues, Maggie Pills, um, uh, what's the other one? Um, Something like Jet Plane Provider or these. Anyway, that these these are young, young kids, like eighteen, nineteen. Two, actually, two of those bands have members who are under eighteen, so their parents had to be there, right? And I've never heard of them. And uh, some of them were playing uh, their first gig, their, their third gig, their fourth gig, and I'm putting them on it. And I know about live music. I've seen thousands and thousands of bands. And these young bands that have come out of nowhere from the Melbourne lockdown are blowing my mind with, with how impressive they are. They're like Ivy Street, um, Floyd, the lead guitarist, um, his wisdom in the use of space in his guitar playing. Because anyone, not anyone, but people play the guitar, there's a certain I know where this song is going to. Not with him. He's 18. Yeah, well. And, he, and to, to, to be 18 and to understand that you create tension and beauty with silence, that's a yeah. very wise, very wise head on the shoulders, right? So yeah, yeah. that's impressive. And um, uh, the, the, the 1am slots... Every week they're putting on bands, most of most of whom are almost sight unseen, um, and and they are really producing the goods. So so that's a that's a really exciting byproduct, which the rest of Melbourne has yet to see. If you want to see it, come to Cherry when we're back and we're functioning at one a.m. on a Friday and Saturday, and get ready to be completely shocked by the talent that has been created by a lockdown specifically in Melbourne, Rock City. Great to see you haven't lost your, uh, your, your, uh, your passion there, great man. It's, uh, it's, it's oozing out of you, mate. So that's, that's what brings people to the, to the place as well, I reckon. The, the man in the hat, everyone wants to 
he wants to have a chat with James and uh, get the little piece of uh, memorabilia, get a photo with the great man and stuff. But I've got a two-parter. I, I want to ask if I, if I reckon your favourite band. I, I reckon I already know is would be the Stones. Yep. Yep. A lot of people don't know the story, James. If you can give us a little bit about when you had tickets to go and see the Stones and uh, most graciously gave up the experience to because someone else couldn't get there. Tell us that one. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure I know that. Showing your humble part. I'm not sure. For the Stones and yeah, and you gave up your ticket so someone one of the mates could go. Uh, no, that's not true. <laughs> I think, oh. I think there's, there's, plenty, there's plenty of stories um, about. Um, uh, I think is, is that story is that Andrew Delaney talking talking about yeah. when we were, when we were in Vegas? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Well, he he. I, I'd, I actually forgot about that, but yeah, that that was a product of um. I just I had an amazing time back in the. Remember the world was free. I was in Seville, Spain, at the Monkey Music Festival, seeing the best up and coming Spanish rock bands in the world. Then I went to London, and um, with my cousin Bruce, I remember visiting um, uh, Dartmouth Station, the exact point where Keith met met um. Uh, yeah. met, um, Jagger, and it was the precise 55th anniversary of that moment. And then I flew to Vegas to see the Stones um, play, and they were playing two shows after the weekend before they'd done that desert trip, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, big festival with with the Who and all the and, and all the um, great um, sixty band. yeah, Bob Dylan, everyone else, and um, and uh, Jagger, the rotten bugger. Um, uh, what he did was he uh, he cancelled the first of the two shows because he had a sore throat from the dust at the desert desert thing, and then um, my tickets were moved from the Thursday to the Saturday, and uh, what actually happened was um, it was my my son, my middle son Archie. It was his um, uh, graduation at, at year twelve, and uh, I had to make the call. <laughs> To stay in Vegas and see the Rolling Stones, or fly home, uh, having not seen them, to see my son Archie's graduation, which was actually an easy decision to make. So, so I um uh, uh, then gave my I gave my my tickets to uh, Andrew Delaney and some other some other friends who were there, and um, uh, which was an easy gift to make. It was a convenient gift to make, and they and they made me feel um very good about that, but um. Uh, there was there, there, there was I wasn't um, staying in the hotel room and letting someone else see the stones when I could yeah. have. <laughs> I was I was handing over the tickets because I because I really um, shouldn't have been there. Right, I like, to, I like the other story better, so I'm going to stick with that one. <laughs> Take it away, as there wasn't another part. We covered it. Good, beautiful, um, James. I just wanted to touch on. Uh, on this beautiful Ric Flair special. Um, just tell us a little bit about uh, choosing your your items of fashion and obviously you uh, cut a sway through the crowd like no other. Um, just tell us a little bit about uh, your choices, where that, where this where this inspiration comes from. Um, and I know you're, you know, you, 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 no one misses you in the crowd, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, well, um, I, I, um, uh, enjoy rock and roll, and you know, it, uh, I was a pretty uh, mild um, 
underconfident uh, student when I was a young man, you know, dressed in the browns and the blues and and um, uh, rock and roll. With time, um, my love of rock and roll, uh, which includes uh, dressing up and uh, being outlandish, um, kind of rubbed off on me. And um, as I as I said, you know, when I when I was managing even for a while there in my forties, I said, "You do the rocking, I'll do the starring." <laughs> and uh, which was fine by Ash, and uh, I, he was always, he's always been very inclusive with the you know introducing the band and stuff. And um, I I think I think it really started with um, me host, hosting an um, an Elvis party on the twenty first twenty fifth anniversary of Elvis passing, which was two thousand and two. So that's about just under 20 years ago and I held an and I and I may, I found a um, sartorial expert Adrian Clark who lives out in Keysborough lives with his then his mum and his dad he kicked them out of their um, bedroom and turned it into a theater of sewing they moved into his room and he sleeps in a caravan in the front and uh, he, he's made all my suits uh, and um, he's a fantastically gifted guy and and uh, they're very affordable and, and you get a lot of bang for your buck as I often say you know you can spend a thousand dollars on a gym membership, or a thousand dollars on a suit. Much better result from the suit. You don't have to set the alarm. There's no crunches. <laughs> all those suits there you're seeing, they're all made by Adrian Clark in Keysborough at a very affordable price. So, and um, and uh, it was same with the cowboy hat. Shit, I, I wish I knew how um, uh, uh, popular you can be in the cowboy hat. Um, when I was a young single man, it's, it's like it's like being a fireman. People associate it with, for some sort of traditional reason, they associate it with um, with royalty and trust and um, and somebody who's going to be kind and, and look after them. Um, uh, so, uh, <laughs> so uh, this is, uh, this is, and if I if I do um, go out um, and don't wear the cowboy hat occasionally, I find that I disappoint people. They or they literally they don't they don't recognise me if I walk in my own bar they go who's that so uh, exactly. just, when when you have a you know at one, at one stage I you know I have three boys and, and when they were younger and you know you're going to the Royal Melbourne show believe me it's helpful if you're wearing the the cowboy hat yeah. and it's helpful when you're at the music festival because um your mates can find can find you uh, easy enough yeah it's true good point definitely um, James I just wanted to touch on one of your um, one of your programs you're involved in campaign. Just tell us a little bit about the the Hang in Melbourne, Hang in there Melbourne campaign. Yeah, um, uh, a mate of mine, uh, Joey Fitzroy Kellogg, who, who um, owns and runs One Eight Hundred Lasagna in Thornbury, um, uh, was involved with this campaign and um, uh, that he started off his own back, which was just um, posters and stickers that he was distributing during the pandemic to to people who were ordering food and he's coming into contact with, you know, seeing a lot of people at their front doors and being exposed to where they're actually at, how miserable they might be, how lonely they might be, how hopeless they might be feeling. So he was trying to do something little and then he contacted me and said, listen, I, I think we might be able to do something with, with this. Can, can you help me? And um, uh, and he talked about getting a few other um, people involved and, and putting the, the brand names on the bottom of the, the billboard and stuff, and I said, well, "Why don't we take a different approach? I mean, it's only a few hundred bucks each. Let's just not put any logos on it. it doesn't matter who it's from. It's from Melbourne to Melbourne. Um, I've got contacts in the digital billboard world. I've got contacts um, who do street posters. Um, you know, I know the guys at the Herald Sun and the guys at the Age, and 
guys at the project and the guys at Broadsheet. It's a it's a feel good story, and I do think that there are good people out there who want to spread a message of hope as opposed to a message of fear. And um, you know, if if you're um if you're being cynical, you can look at a, a big red poster with a heart on it that says "Hang in there, Melbourne," and you can say um, uh, you know bleeding hearts, um, wankers. But but if you're in it, if you're really feeling um, low and the media and the government are giving you no hope, um, you'd be surprised how much just a little word of support uh, from, from people just like you can help you in, the, in, the, in these times. So, so I was very happy. Just remember, it's so easy. For, I, I do have a set of u- unique skills, but it was very easy for me to take that message, give it to the media, give it to people, and have them instantly do me the favour of helping distribute that 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 message, put it on billboards, and share it through social media. So, so uh, it originated with Joey. <coughs> he um, just didn't happen to have the experience to to take it where it deserved to go, and um, very happy to be involved with it. And perhaps a little bit disappointed that, that some of the bigger powers above us don't think the same way that we little people think. You know. Hmm. Oh, lovely, mate. Absolutely. Well said. Oh, I just wanted to um, I just wanted to add my little bit, James. Uh, when we were sitting at home during the lockdown thing, and you had your uh, your live your live streaming stuff at Cherry, um, you know, reached out and said, "Look, if you're sitting at home, we need an assistant sound recordist." So I was lucky enough to get the call. So um, it is greatly appreciated. Just those little Phillips, because when you don't get your your fix, which is ours as music. Well, you don't yeah. get those fixes missing out for so long. Uh, it was just it was a great one for us. So uh, I'm eternally grateful, as a, as the other lads were. So um, it's, it is greatly appreciated. And that's what people don't see those little things that you do behind the scenes that really do help and get people out of a spot. So personally, and from all of us that are watching, um, yeah, big ups to you, mate. So um, appreciate. It. And we're having a uh, we're having a uh, we're having a cheeky uh, <laughs> <laughs> cherry wine. It's yeah, cherry, 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 cherry. at the moment, so uh, no, thanks, oh, mate. Thanks for everything. No, well, um, you know, it's uh, uh, the reality is, guys, I just do it for myself and hope other people turn up. That, 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 that it's not, that's it's you know, could have been more successful if I thought about um, chasing uh, artists that the mainstream like, but I've never been like that. I've been, and sometimes I've got to remind myself, I get, I get very frustrated that I spend my whole life trying to convince the rest of the world how good um you know this new band from sydney johnny hunter is or how good the drunk mums are and, and then yeah. I, I need to remember that 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 um you know we're a part of the underground and and a, and the culture of every city in the world historically is defined by its underground by its artists and and although i want these artists to get more respect and more fans because they're so worthy i i need to remember that 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 um uh I belong in the underground. I love the underground, and uh, you guys are, we're, we're all a part of part, part of that that scene. And, and you know, to say something a little left of centre, you know, if, if you if you if you dig down deep into conspiracy theories, you might actually find they're true. But guess what? If you don't pay attention to them and you just piss around in, at the Hotel Westwood watching bands with other mates from the underground, they'll never touch you anyway. So don't worry about it. 
Don't worry about the master puppets that are controlling everything. Well, why would you have a sleepless night worrying about Donald Trump? He's not going to stop you getting to Cherry, Cherry see Persecution Blues at 1am on Saturday night. He can't stop us. So I'll see you there. Seems like a plan. Absolutely. Well, One thing, uh, and we'll get down there, mate, and share a couple with you. So can't wait. Thank you very sure much. Will. And uh, always appreciate you putting up your uh, your hand, um, Berkey, with concept concept displays, helping us out. Um, you you um, actually, uh, I don't think I, I don't think I've had to call you about anything. I think when you see something I'm doing or Cherry Bar's doing, it's you calling, texting, and emailing me often repeatedly. Until eventually I say, yes, I'd love your generous offer. So I appreciate that. Yeah. I appreciate uh, that continual support and uh, enjoying what you're doing here with So what's been happening. A little bit disappointed that I couldn't be uh, featured in the first 20 episodes, but I'll take 39 and, um, and uh, see you again for the uh, 100th. What do you reckon? Perfect. Sounds like a plan. All right, guys. Good night. Keep up the good work. And um, everyone, doesn't matter if you're coming to Cherry, doesn't matter if you're coming to Hotel Westwood, doesn't matter if you're coming to Yaya's. Just get out there and support Melbourne live music. It's the best in the world. Yeah, Absolutely. Nice Couldn't have said it better. Thanks a lot, James. You're welcome anytime. Yeah, all right. Cheers, guys. I'm leaving the studio. Mate, how good was that to have uh, James join us on episode 39? What he doesn't know is we actually had to work up um, and work, iron out all the kinks um, ready for James. So um, once again, I extend it. Big thanks to James and and the Cherry Bar, Yaya's and Hotel Westwood, if you haven't been to any of those venues, get a car full of mates and make sure you're there at the next one because they're three very different venues um, and we look forward to filling them up very soon. And we had a bit of a scoop about even. So keep if you haven't seen it, go back to early early part of the show and listen in and you'll find some exclusive details of what's going to happen with a new even show coming up. Don't you reckon that bloke we had on a couple of weeks ago might have given us the scoop as, you know, that the lead singer, lead guitarist, the songwriter from even might have given us that scoop, but no, that's all right. We'll stick with James. Uh, to be fair to to be fair to Ash, I don't think he he even had the, the scoop at that yeah. stage. Uh, it's been a, a newly appointed gig, obviously, um, based yeah, on the lockdown. Yeah. You know, just disappointing that even may not be able to get these four gigs over the Queen's birthday yeah. holiday. Um, that was really looking forward to a couple of those gigs, so... We look forward to some reschedules um, in, in amongst uh, the next couple of weeks. Hopefully, we can get back out there and pick a venue. But I guarantee you there's going to be between Friday and Sunday night, I'm going to be at a venue somewhere, um, pouring a couple of lazy ones in and enjoying a few tunes from someone. So look forward to doing mate. it with you, Brady. Look forward to it, mate. Right. Thanks for joining me again. Lots of love. This See you, folks. has been episode 39 of So What's Been Happening. <laughs>